0: that's understood, explains wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, friends, and welcome to the mini edit from Edit Your Life. In these snack sized mini episodes, I answer your questions about everything from self care to parenting to relationships to home and more. Think of me like that friend you text or call when you need a quick piece of compassionate and candid advice. Send me your questions. I have already received several questions in the realm of sex ed. Keep them coming. A couple of these are about how to start the conversations. Plural intended because sex ed isn't just one talk. It's a lot of little everyday touch points. This is the perfect place to begin. One person wrote, what's the first thing about sex I need to tell my 10-year-old boy? We haven't talked about it much yet, but I know it's time. Another asked about sex ed for the elementary tween set, noting that my parents never brought up the subject, so I don't have anything to model from. I want to talk about it before it gets awkward for them. It's already awkward for me. These are such excellent questions, and I think it's safe to say that a majority of us got little to nothing in terms of comprehensive sex ed as kids. So a few preliminary thoughts. First, to hearken back to something that Dr. Tina Payne Bryson recently shared, History is not destiny. Instead of worrying about not doing it right, remember that we have an opportunity to do better with this next generation. This is a great thing. For more from Tina, listen to the episode Simple and Compassionate Parenting Tactics. Second, these listeners were both referring to roughly a 10 to 12-year-old age window, and literally any time is a great time to have health-related conversations with your kids And I wanted to say that you can start having conversations related to sex ed, but that have nothing to do with sex as soon as your kids are verbal, seriously. And the great news is the earlier you start having these conversations, the more opportunities you have to have conversations where you are the key provider of trusted information versus, you know, searching for and finding some weird stuff on the internet. Third, I will caveat by saying I am not a trained sex educator. However, I did spend about five years consulting on content and parent communication with the incredible Advocates for Youth and Amaze.org. And as a parent who also received No Sex Ed, I am personally invested in this topic, so much so that I applied for and joined my city's new committee to review and revise the district's health curriculum. This is a big deal because people who have listened to this podcast for a while know that I tend to steer clear of committee work. And fourth, the good news, if you're feeling awkward, is that preliminary conversations about sex ed have nothing to do with sex. Think of them as your training wheels to get more and more confident with having open and honest conversations. And trust me, creating a nonjudgmental, shame-free conversation zone in this realm will have a positive impact on your communication across so many other lanes. This is an awesome opportunity. Okay, I'm going to share about the two preliminary topics I think are a must, and I'll do that after a quick break. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com edit for 25% off. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, The preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And what aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash edit. That's storyworth.com slash edit to save $10 on your first purchase. Okay, let's dive into the two preliminary topics that I think are a must to start your conversations about sex ed. Or if you've already started and haven't gotten to these, give it a go. The first is related to body parts. Use real anatomical words, just like you would for the words like elbow, knee, nose. Use real words like vulva and penis. I have several whys around this. The first is your kids deserve the facts and they will not be phased by these words. The cutesy masking words that people often use are unnecessary and really only function to relieve adult discomfort. And your kid's body should be about them, not you. The second why is that even though I know that this is not the intention for many parents, not using real words sets the stage for shame-based education, which is the opposite of what you want. What you're striving for is open, honest, caring communication, and using real anatomical words is just a really simple way to begin. And third... This is a little heavier, but there are serious potential implications in the sex abuse lane. It is a reality that predators use cues like the use of cutesy word for genitals as a sign for targeting. Now, here's the great news. You don't need to be heavy handed about this usage at all. Just reference it, for example, at bath time or any other times it comes up. And if you've already been using cutesy words, that's OK. You can course correct anytime, which is great. So, for example, if your kid comes to you and says, oh, my pee-pee feels funny, that would be a great opportunity to be calm and light and say, hey, bud, let's start by actually using the real word. It's penis, okay? instead of pee-pee. And also, can you tell me more? Is something sore, itchy? Did something happen? It's an easy way to educate in a 10-second moment and also fact-find while you're at it. So as you can see, super simple, super easy. The second topic that I think it is imperative to talk about is consent. And hold up before you get all worried about things, but the thing I love is that it is a multi-win in addition to being crucial at a baseline. I'm gonna tell you about why it matters and a couple of easy examples for how to talk about it in everyday life. So why it matters. Early conversations about consent Don't have to do anything with sex, but they will eventually inform decision making around sex while also teaching kids relational skills like empathy and compassion. We all want our kids to be more empathic and compassionate. So, this is a good thing. Now, how to do it. For kids, the simplest entry to this that I've found connects also to teaching kids about bodily autonomy. So, that is fantastic. For example, the really big one for me is that hugs are not mandatory. Not everybody likes them. (laughs) And I feel really strongly about this personally, because Violet, as a little one, did not like hugging people she didn't have regular contact with. It made a lot of sense. So how I would support her in this is by saying something like, if we were approaching somebody or somebody was approaching us, oh, hey, Vi, here's so-and-so. Do you want to give a high five or a hug or a wave? And it's really important to do this in front of the other person in order to model choice and consent. And yes, this applies to family too. And yes, they might bristle. And yes, it's important for you to advocate for and support your kid. There are so many other everyday situations where you can educate about consent in a not big deal way. Another common example would be if you have siblings or friends at a table and one of them grabs something from the other, food, a toy, art supplies and they do so without asking. Again, calmly, lightly, and not in a shaming way, you could say something like, oh, hey, I see that you really want that item, but it's really important to ask before touching somebody else's stuff. They might not mind, but they also might be sad or hurt by that. Let's try this again. It's just as simple as that. I hope this was helpful. If you have a question for me, please drop me a line at edityourlifeshow at gmail.com or DM or comment on a post on Facebook or Instagram at Edit Your Life Show or Dr. Christine Co. Thanks for listening.